Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Good morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Isn't God good? Have you had a good week? Um, if you're part of my life group, my Anne and my life group, we are meeting 10.30 on Wednesday in the back hall. So I won't need to chase you. Hallelujah. Have you had a good week? Have you been growing in God? Amen. I want to give you some homework. I want you to go home this week and I want you to read and reread the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. You know, we need to have a comprehension and an understanding what the church is really like and what it should be like and what God's intention. Last week we talked about having a relationship with God. We talked about having a relationship with yourself and a relationship with others, Christian neighbours, Friends, society. We are instruments of God to bring the salvation of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. The only... Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I therefore... I be, sorry, I'll reread this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God I trust this week last week you have been changed from glory to glory that you've received the impartation of the word of God. You've looked at the scriptures and, and read it and reread it and, and prayed into it and said, God, let this be part of me. Yes. You see, it's not a game. The church isn't a game. It's not a social club. And as, as great as Sunday mornings are in our worship and praise, that is not what it's all about, friends. We are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. We are called to be evangelists, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, either by word or by walk. You know, some people say, well, I'm not very good at doing things and speaking publicly. Well, you don't have to do uh, just speak publicly just show it by your walk show it by how you live your life show that you are different from the person next door uh, the person at work you don't backbite you don't copy EastEnders or Coronation Street or Emmerdale you know sometimes friends we need to be careful what we put in through the eye gate because it comes out through the mouth gate and the foot gate. 
feed yourself on good things. So last week we looked at the challenge that Paul gives us in, in, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 1 and 2 about being committed to him and making our bodies a living sacrifice unto him. But why? Why should Paul put this challenge to us this morning? Why should be any different? The whole purpose of Paul's letter to the Romans is to explain why. He's not just picking out something out of the air which sounds good. But he wants us, he's, he's taking something that will change our lives, that will make us different. The world needs, the world needs good examples. You need to be careful who you associate with. You do because the man who committed suicide yesterday, Jeffrey, whatever his name, I can't remember his name. In the court papers, there was accusations against Prince Andrew and sexual immorality. You need to be careful who you associate with. Yes, we need to reach them, to touch them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we need to hedge ourselves about with the Holy Spirit that, that, that their filth will not affect us. And so the whole purpose of, of, of the letter of Paul is, is to explain why. Whenever there is a word in the scriptures, like the word therefore, we need to back up to find out what it's there for. Why is he suggesting that is our reasonable service to present our bodies as a living sacrifice? And I want to tell you, it's a different level to volunteers. I don't do what I do because I'm a volunteer. I do what I do because I'm committed to Jesus Christ 100%. Lock, stock and barrel. It is my reasonable. I can't do anything else. I can't do any less. I can't do any more. Because the other thing is, when you're a volunteer, when you get tired and have had enough, you can say, well, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to tell you, if you're right with God, you can't give your salvation back. You might throw it away, but you can't give it back. The commitment you made, whenever it was, is 100% for eternity. So, what is he suggesting? And why is he suggesting that we present our bodies as a living sacrifice? What are the ABCs that Paul is laying out in the first 11 chapters? Well, we get a clue in verse 2 of his intentions. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Another translation puts it like this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world but be a new and different person 
with the fresh newness in all that you do and think. Then you will have learned from your own experience how his ways will really satisfy you. No confirmation, but transformation. No copying of the world, but a freshness of a new person that has had divine surgery. Very often when you look through the Word of God and you study it and you allow a scripture to, to, to meditate on scripture and allow the Holy Spirit, you start enlarging your capacity and your understanding. And, you, and, and having done it for three or four hours or three or four weeks, you come to the conclusion you don't know much more than when you started. In fact, you're more of a fog. But you are growing. You are growing sometimes when you don't understand. You just put it to one side and wait for the Holy Spirit to, to bring light and revelation on, on what you've been looking at. So what are the fundamentals of the Christian faith? What are the ABC of God's message, of, of, of Paul's message, of God's message? In fact, it's not ABC, but three S's. Sin. Salvation and sanctification. Ooh, we don't use that word very much, do we? We don't use the S word. I think 1,100 times in the King James Bible, they use the word sin. Sin... Simply put, it's transgression against divine law. Against God's purpose. God's purpose for man was to have fellowship with God. God gave Adam one rule. There's a tree there. You can eat of every tree of the garden. You may freely eat but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. What happens when we're told not to? We skate around it. We might rebuke it. We might do all sorts of things, but eventually, if we're not careful, we do exactly what we're told we're not to do. And Adam was given the only one law. He could do absolutely anything he liked except to eat of this tree. He could drive his Mercedes up the parade at 100 miles an hour. He, he could... He could put on the most gorgeous clothes he could find. He could do anything. He could dye his hair red, white and blue. And if you followed Solomon, you could, he could have a thousand wives. Now, Sammy says one's bad enough. <laughs> but doesn't that strike a chord in our hearts? The very thing that we are told we can't do, there's a desperation to do. 
It doesn't matter whether you're three months, six months, 12 months, or like Keith, nearly 100. <laughs> and so Adam disobeyed. He broke God's law. He did the thing that God said he shouldn't do. And with his disobedience, there became eviction. He did in a marvellous place. The most wonderful outlook of his house possible. A garden that was tended by the Almighty. Daily he would walk with God and have conversations with God. And all of a sudden that's gone. Why? Because he did the one thing that God told him not to do. And so he was victed out of his house and his home and he was also committed to die. Before that time, Adam would live forever. Can you imagine that, friends? You know, we plan our lives and we think, well, if only I've got enough time in my life, I'll do this, this and this. But Adam didn't have that problem because he was going to live forever. He'd had a daily relationship with God. He walked with him in the cool of the day. He all of a sudden, because he did one thing, the thing that God told him he shouldn't do, he died. You see, the principle is that we live by God's law in faith. In, in, in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, we find the, the guilt of the Gentiles. And in Romans chapter 2, verses 1 to 5, we find the, the, the guilt of the Jew. The followers of Jesus Christ follow on the revelation of the righteousness through Jesus Christ. They obey God's Lord according to the Scriptures. When we were unconverted, we were able to live out by our own laws, by our own ways. We, in fact, what the Bible says about many people, they did that was right in their own eyes and it don't work friends if you're going to live by what you, is right in your eyes rather than what God's word says you've got a problem one you're in sin you're without a saviour and you're without a hope and you are committed to eternal death it's black and white friends it's not what I'm saying it's what the word of God says that's why Paul is laboring. And I want to tell you this morning, as, as, as much as I studied and looked at the scriptures and meditated on it, I know this morning I am not going to do the subjects justice. That's why I need, you need you to go home and you need to read the word of God. Romans 1 to 12, or the whole passage actually, and, and the first book of John 1 and 2 and 3. So that we understand exactly what the church is all about, what the church of Jesus Christ is for. You see, the unconverted live by their own laws and ways. They live by what is right in their own eyes. And the choice of lifestyle has consequences. So the first reason that Paul is asking us to live... A, a holy life acceptable unto God is because of the sin problem. The first S. The second S is self 
salvation. Romans chapter 1 verse 16 it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed faith to faith and is written, the just shall live by faith. That simply means, friends, putting your faith in the Almighty. Can I tell them about your wife? Last week, Michael came to church very distraught, really quite upset. His wife had got a physical problem. I suppose it's not over-exaggeration where he thought perhaps it was terminal cancer. He was concerned about his wife, his situation, his children. He prayed. He looked to God. Others prayed for him. And this week he comes and tells me, it's only a cyst. which will need corrective surgery. I'm going to get told off. My wife had an operation on Friday. It's the third operation to correct a cancer problem in her bladder. She's going to tell me off because we tried to keep it hush-hush. But friends... There is a trust and a faith in God. You know, now, we, we were singing earlier, when the problem gets, and these are not the right words, but when the problem gets difficult and we don't know what to do, yet we still shout with a voice of laughter and joy in the presence of God. Storms are going to come, friends, but we need to go through the storms and we need to find our faith and God's blessing and God's revelation of his love in the storm. God never, never promised you a bed of roses. In fact, one day this week, Joni Erickson was saying that she finds herself, she has to adjust herself in her wheelchair at least 26 times a day because years ago she had a diving accident and broke her neck. And then she reflected on the fact that even if that's all her biggest problem, it's not particularly big. Look at God. Whatever your situation, your personal circumstance, you just look to God. God will make all things different. Because God has delivered us from the S word. Because he has brought salvation into our lives. Romans chapter 3 verses 21 to 26 but now the righteousness of God from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. 
For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation for our sins through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God has passed over the sins that were previously committed. The blood of Jesus Christ. You see, Easter is not just a remembrance. Easter is a way of life. He was crucified on that cross. And if we committed our life and our sins to him, our sins were crucified on the cross. And if we were crucified on the cross with Christ, we can't die. You know, we may, we may pass the, the, the way of all human flesh. But in reality, absent from the body is present with the Lord. That's what it's all about, friends. It's, it's great to come and sing the songs of Zion and to worship our God. But look, friends, don't just get hooked up at that level. Move on. Move in and move up. Because God's got so much for you. You know, the benefits of salvation is peace with God. I'm going to ask you a leading question. Did you have peace this week? Not particularly, no. But I've had peace with my wife, yes. You've come out the other end, though, haven't you? Yes, I have, yes. It was traumatic. You know, we, sometimes we've got to go through the circumstances. But trusting that we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Amen. Dream. Dream big. Pray big prayers. And sometimes God doesn't really answer the prayers you think he should do. For about six months I was praying over a house up in Lidington. It was 300,000 quid. I hadn't got a penny. I don't know why God says pray. And I still don't know. But for six months I would press this house every day and lay hands on the front wall and pray over it. Whether, whether it was for me, I don't know. But I felt in the spirit to pray, so I prayed. It may have been difficulties with the family that was living there. There may have been difficulties with the family that were moving in. Who knows? Friends, it doesn't really matter. It's great if you know, but God knows. And so prayer and salvation brings you into a place with peace with God. Ooh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I look at my wife and think, how do you do it, darling? In the midst of the circumstances, the difficulties of life, you're just going on with God. We've had about 12 visits to the hospital this year. 
They've operated three times. They've done three inspections. And still she comes out. Hallelujah. God's in control. The third thing God gives you is joy in tribulation. Oh. You know, sometimes, friends, if we don't get, if we don't understand, we struggle. We ask the question, why me? I spoke to a lady a number of years ago who got multiple cirrhosis and we were talking about the subject and she said, and she said, when people say, why me? She says, why not? Friends, there are sometimes questions that we don't have answers for. But the, answer, the things we do know, that God wants to give us peace. And then when there is tribulation, we know that we have God who supports us. We don't run with our tail between our legs crying, why me? We simply go to Father and say, Father, I don't understand what's going on. But I want to thank you, Lord, this morning that you are my Heavenly Father. You have a purpose in my life. And in this situation that you can do something fantastic and marvellous. The scripture tells us in the Old Testament, you may, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And sometimes we don't understand these things, we've actually been through them. If nothing else, friends, just keep your eyes on the Lord. Keep focused. God knows what he's doing. Even if you don't understand what, what God is doing. God is, knows what he is doing. He's bringing salvation to his fullness. You see, salvation doesn't begin by doing this. Salvation just doesn't begin with the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Salvation is an ongoing. I got saved. Oh, I don't know. How long have I been married? 54, 54 years this year. So it's about November, the year before we got, I got married. For, for weeks I went to a, an after church rally at Golden Hill Road Church in Birmingham and after Every meeting, it was a bit of a rock session like we have here. And uh, after every session, this, this same gentleman came to talk to me. And uh, dear brother, if he could, he would have talked me into making a commitment. But I resisted that. I just listened and talked and meditated on it. And then after about six months, I made a commitment um, around Hamsall Power Station, about 35 miles an hour at 10.30 on a Sunday night. I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I had a vision of the, the scales of justice over the Old Bailey. The following day, 
I had opportunity to go and talk to this same gentleman. And for two hours, he did post-conversion um, counselling. He tried to convince me I hadn't done the right thing. He tried to convince me I hadn't understood what I had done. But all that did, friends, was make a, give me a security. Because I knew what God had done. I was there. I was there. In my mind, in my understanding of what God was talking to me about. Bringing me into a beautiful, glorious relationship with God. You see, not only get peace with God and joy in tribulation, but we get salvation from the wrath of God. You see, the remedy is just not a flash in the pan, a simple change of the moment. It's lifestyle surgery. A restoration of God's eternal intentions of relationship, fellowship, of divine creation. You see, Paul just doesn't leave it there. He, the third S is the word sanctification. That's a big word, isn't it? I had difficulty spelling it, let alone saying it. But sanctification simply is a demonstration of God's righteousness. Before I became a Christian, I walked in my own ways. I did my own thing. I went to my own ways. But when I got converted on repentance, my life turned around. My old ways were that way, but God's way was this way. I walked in a totally different way because I had come to personal faith in Jesus Christ. So sanctification is the demonstration of God's righteousness. Salvation, in, in essence, I suppose, don't take it fully too far, is an initial event. Sanctification is the development of that initial event. And the clock says I'm over. I'll ignore the clock. He deals with the believer's death to sin in principle in chapter 6. The believer's death to sin in practice. But aren't they the same? No, 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 no. You, what, what might, you might think and believe up here about God's, about the death to sin has actually got to be worked out in these. In the way you walk. In the friendships you develop. In the attitude you have. Is it developing a lifestyle? It's evidence or fruit. God ex expects, Paul expects, you to change. 
few years ago, we had a new couple, Seth and his glorious wife in church, and, and they came with a little boy, uh, Justice, Justice, get it right in a minute, Justice. And when Justice came, he was very, very quiet. He would come into the life group in the, in the room there, and he, w- he wouldn't say anything. And you tried to speak to him, and he, he didn't ignore you, he just didn't communicate. I want to tell you, the justice we see today is not that justice. <laughs> he's grown up. He's developing his own personality. He's his, to a certain extent, he's his own man, as much as that lets him. He's grown. That's, that's what it's all about, friends. In the natural, when we are born, we develop a lifestyle, an understanding. And in the spiritual, friends, there is expectation of us growing and developing and knowing God's love and God's grace in our lives. Not just a, a flash in the pan, but as an ongoing revelation. Monday morning, you get up and say, thank you, Lord, it's a great day. And you sing the songs of Zion and remember what Annie was playing and Joe was singing and and, and Sam and and Chris were playing and and you get out of bed and say, hallelujah. Even if you don't feel like it. An old preacher back in Cornwall once they said, what will you do if he put you in a barrel? He said, I'll shout hallelujah through the bongo. (laughs) God's passion is for fellowship. Deep and lasting commitment to one another. You see, Christianity is not an isolated lifestyle. We're not hermits. We're not, we don't go on to a, a very quiet location with nobody else. God expects us to interrelate with other people, to share with other people, to develop with other people. But he tells us in John chapter 17, when this is the Lord praying. This is the Lord praying for you this morning. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of this world. Just as I am not of this world. He's not saying, he's not saying something to us as, as believers, but it's because, uh, different to what he's saying himself. I am different. I am the son of the living God. I've come here to save the world from their sin. And those that you've called me, Lord, they're going to follow me. They're going to follow your word. They're going to do my purposes. Then then John says in his prayer, Jesus says in his prayer in John 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. You'll never grow unless you get into this. You may do it electronically. 
because you've got bad eyesight. <laughs> or you may have a big Bible that's so big you can't hardly carry it around. But get into it. And I'm not talking a verse or two a day. Read the scriptures. I read 1 Kings chapter 8 this morning and, and the sacrifice of dedication of Solomon's temple. They went on and on and on. I think there were nearly a quarter of a million, quarter of a million sacrifices. Whew. That may be an exaggeration. It might only be 240,000. Get into the book. Allow the book to change you. Allow the book to challenge you. Allow the book to give you a lifestyle. I and them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you sent me and I've loved them as you have loved me. There's an amazing passage of scripture with amazing passage of scripture and verse in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. This is Paul. One could say it's Paul's prayer that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. In 1 John chapter 2 verses 3 to 6 and hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that said I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. I picked a colossal subject this morning. I appreciate that. And we just ask that the Holy Spirit might just take what I've said and may use it for his glory. That you may read the scriptures. That you may find God's plan of salvation for your life. That you might become that living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God that you may have not only a conviction of your salvation, but you may have a conviction of God's purpose for your life. Shall we pray? Maybe this morning you're in this service and you've never made that declaration. Never come to a place where you've asked Christ to be your own personal Lord and Saviour. You've never had that that experience for yourself. If you're feeling like that in this morning and you'd like to give your life to Jesus, if you'd like to invite Christ to become your personal Saviour and Lord, then please just indicate by raising your hands. We will pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, this morning because the message is just not a single response, Father. We made the initial response, but indeed we need to flow on in God. It needs to become a lifestyle. Your salvation needs to become an intentional purpose in our lives. And so we pray for every hand that's been risen, rose, and those that haven't, Father, that are feeling the touch of your Holy Spirit to grow in God. We want to commit them to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.